Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. One, two, three. What is up, football fans? Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, the podcast where we give you everything there is possibly to know on football in Southwest Florida. I, of course, am one of your co-hosts, Adam Christopher Fisher, here with Dustin the Birdman Levy, the assassin Alex Martin, and Amanda the Tar Heel in score, our producer. Uh, gentlemen, how was your week seven? Ah, it was, it was long, but it was exciting, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it delivered. That sh- we should say, Dustin, I got to cover two days of football, but it was the same game. Actually, did three days. Did three, you work on Thursday? Thursday, Friday, and uh, unexpected Saturday. That's right. We'll get into that later. Alex, how about you? How was week seven for you? Uh, it was really good. Uh, a lot of good games. Had a chance to step out and join Dustin on Saturday. Wanted to check out that Dunbar South game that was continued late in the first half, and no, that was a really good defensive battle. Yeah, so we had a lot of um, good matchups in Week 7 and a lot of big wins, kind of some statement wins for some teams. We will start with that uh, marathon game that lasted two days and maybe six or seven lightning delays. Dunbar beat Southport Myers 20-16. to um, Kind of a low-scoring affair, but we knew both teams, especially Dunbar, had really good defenses. But, Dustin, was it good defense or was it just kind of messy because of all, all the delays and the pushbacks and the postponements? It was fantastic defense, I, I got to say. Um, it, it, the game really lived up to expectations. Obviously, the battle of the undefeateds, Dunbar getting the win, uh, 20-16. to There was a concern with the delay, which came about a minute, 50 seconds left in the second quarter, uh, whether the fans would come back the next day, whether the teams would come out with the same intensity. But it, it really delivered. The Friday game and the Saturday game were very different from each other. Uh, the Friday uh, half had a lot of explosive plays. And Saturday was all about defense. And, you know, credit to the coaches for the way they game planned because uh, it, the, the defense really played their tails off. Um, it was Dunbar in the end. They went down 14 nothing. South really came out with intensity on Friday. Two long uh, Nathan Castor touchdowns, but Dunbar really responded, scoring 20 points unanswered until a late uh, intentional safety that Sammy Brown took because he trusted his defense, and they stepped up, Avian Rice getting the game-clinching interception, uh, and he made plays all day. That defense made plays all day. Really well-earned win for the Tigers. And two things on that. I mean, you remember the Palmetto Ridge Dunbar game last year, right? They were Dunbar was up twelve to seven, and they were pinned on their own goal line. And Sam Sammy Brown did the same exact thing. Took a safety, put the faith in his defense. You know, the gamble has paid off both times for him. But bigger picture, Dustin kind of alluded to it already. Um, this is the lowest scoring output for either side this year. And you know, it was a really good defensive game on Saturday. Same went on Friday, um, but. Just seeing the defense, you know, step up. Dunbar was pinned multiple times. Um, they had a really bad punt that set South up inside the red zone. South couldn't cash in on it. Uh, it was really good defense by the Dunbar Tigers. And, you know, it just goes to show you why, you know, they're one of the top teams in the area. I'm going to throw this out there. In our rankings we do every week, we kept the top three the same. Even though South Fort Myers suffered its first loss – South was number three. Its loss was to Dunbar, who was number two. 
Um, Dunbar still undefeated. We kept South at number three. Do you think that's fair, especially since Lehigh beat a pretty good Charlotte team? Again, Charlotte's not as good as they have been in years past, but Lehigh at number four beats Charlotte. Do you think Dunbar and South are there at number two, and are they close with Naples, who also stayed undefeated? I would say yes. I think South is the more complete team. You know, Lehigh is really, you know, trying to figure out, still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Um, they kind of did a little bit of a, a two for on Thursday night with Dorian Mallory and Daryl Hodge kind of, you know, they're just still experimenting with both. Daryl Hodge fumbled two snaps and Mallory came back in the game after a drive. Uh, but South's play calling, you know, they do a really good job at that and they put, they set up, you know, the right plays at the right time. Um, I think they're the more complete team and, you know, even though you can make the case for Lehigh, which is very talented, and Richard Young is a big plays a big role in that, um, I think the Wolfpack deserve to stay at three this week. But what say you, Dustin? I agree with Alex. I think South holding Dunbar to a season low in scoring is nothing to sneeze at. The only touchdown of the continuation game came with uh, Landon Winterbottom throwing a fourth and short screen pass to Anthony Benjamin that went for a nice gain, and there was a face mask penalty tacked on there. Uh, but otherwise, the, the South defense was just as stingy as Dunbar, but all around they, they looked great. They came out on Friday with, with a tremendous game plan, tremendous intensity. So I like what I saw from them despite the loss. So Dunbar wins. They stay undefeated. South Fort Myers suffers its first loss. We mentioned Lehigh had won. We can discuss that more if we, you'd like to. But first, let's go back down to Collier County, where our number one team, Naples, they had a tough time early, which we kind of expected they would. They were playing an out-of-area team, a team they're unfamiliar with, hadn't seen a lot of tape on them. And uh, it was, uh, I believe they trailed in the second quarter, right, Alex? Yeah, for the first time this year, it was, you know, they trailed 7-6. to six. They were rolling with a backup kicker. Um, in this one, but we were we were kind of curious. You know, Naples hadn't faced good competition yet this season. You know, I mean, our sample size on that was kind of minimal, and we were wondering how they'd face against an Atlantic team that two or three years ago was a regional finalist before they lost to St. Thomas Aquinas. But, you know, they stood tall. Second half, they forced some turnovers, and, you know, maybe a late touchdown made that game look a little more out of reach than it actually was. But a huge win for Naples, and they'll try to carry that momentum into the Coconut Bowl this week against Laley. Yeah, it was hard fought. Uh, Atlantic held them uh, scoreless in that first quarter, but then Naples does what Naples do. They had a huge play, 80-yard touchdown run by Stanley Bryant. They got some turnovers, which led to a field goal. And even playing the 7A team, they went to, I believe, the state semifinals last year. If not, they made the playoffs. Naples still rushed for 463 yards and five touchdowns, averaging 10.3 yards per carry. This is an impressive win. And so, Dustin, my question goes to you. We're talking about the rankings and how good Dunbar is. I know you haven't seen Naples in your entire life because you've only lived down here a year, but is Naples uh, above Dunbar? I mean, how close are those two? I think they they got to be pretty close because Dunbar has played some really tough teams. True. Charlotte, Fort Myers, South Fort Myers. Uh, you you got to give the Tigers credit for responding to e- each of these challenges. However, each of those games were home games. Uh, so that, oh, wow. that that is something to consider. They go on the road and play north this week. That could be interesting. But, yeah, that is something to consider. So let's stay in uh, Collier County and to another huge performance, a team we'd kind of written off. Palmetto Ridge had lost two straight games by a score of like 88-7. to They scored seven points their last two games. It seems that teams would figure out Palmetto Ridge. We know what they're going to do. They're going to give Jaden Booker the ball. They did that plenty on Friday night, and yet Gulf Coast had absolutely no answer. Could not stop him. He was breaking off chunk play after chunk play. Jaden Booker 
goes for 325 yards. He's already over 1,200 yards for the season, for a second straight season. Third straight season. He's just a junior, by the way. Third straight season, he's over 1,100 yards. Alex, you've seen Jaden plenty. We've talked to him. You've covered him a lot. You know how talented he is. But as, I guess, poorly as the Bears' offense was the past two weeks, did this surprise you, and how much did this surprise you? It kind of did. I expected Gulf Coast to at least you know, have some sort of answer. I mean, we've kind of seen it with Richard Young where teams are kind of starting to minimize his gains here and there. You know, you'd expect that with a team that's going to give Booker the ball 30-plus times. Um, but it's just crazy to think that in maybe a game, two, three games, who knows if he, how much he rushes for in these final few weeks, he can eclipse Ches Malusi's all-time total at Naples, who was at 3,900 in his career. And you know, Jaden Booker's surely looking like he might be able to join the 5,000 club, which is what only two people have done in Collier County all time. Yeah, talking about uh, and we had plenty of discussions this week. It was uh, Clifton Robinson there in the late 90s at Baron Collier and his half-brother, Herschel Troutman, in the early 90s at Baron Collier. Those two are both above 5,000 yards. That puts them like in the top 30, top 40 all time in the mm-hmm. state of uh, Florida in rushing. And Jaden Booker, obviously, and let's say he missed the Naples game. Yes. So he's only played six games and he's rushed over 1,200 yards. So him and Richard Young are averaging over 200 yards per game. What did what did Richard do against Charlotte? Do you remember? Richard had a really good game. Uh, 23 carries for 169 and a touchdown. There was there was one little five yard run that I mean that was probably the best. Got to be the best five yard run I've seen. Um, he decided it was a fourth and one. You know he gets the first down. He hurdles over his off one of his offensive linemen, and then he lands and then he delivers a blow and tr- just bowls over a Charlotte defender. Uh, but a week from now, you know, maybe uh, 10 days from now, whenever you're listening to this, I'm going to have a really appetizing matchup and, you know, a de facto district title game between Lehigh and Palmetto Ridge. For, uh, surely going to be the top two rushers in Lee and Collier County between Booker and Young. Should be a good one. And then in the same class, you know, we've talked so much about how Richard Young is the number one running back in the class of 2023. Jaden Booker is also in that class of 2023. That's going to be a lot of fun. Dustin, tell me what else about Week 7. You know, we talked about um, some teams that got their first wins. A team got its second win. Fort Myers didn't look great, but they got a win. Um, but what else stood out to you? Got to go with one of the teams that got their first win this week. Uh, it came last night. LaBelle Cowboys uh, having one of the most incredible comebacks you will ever see in high school sports. Uh, maybe that's dramatic, but it, <laughs> it, it, maybe recency bias there. But against SFCA. Uh, I talked to both coaches last night. Sometimes when you talk to coaches, their recollections are a little fuzzy. They both knew exactly what happened in the last three minutes of this game. Uh, what happened was the Kings uh, scored with about three minutes to go. They were leading 28-12. to 12. Uh, Coach uh, Davidson with the Cowboys said because they were down two scores, if they were down three scores, he might have just you know tried to run the clock out with his guys. But you know he, he decided to keep going for it. Uh, quarterback Lawson Davidson uh, with 2.41 to go, scrambled for a 75-yard touchdown. Wow. Uh, 2.19 to go, uh, went for an onside kick, converted it. <laughs> they drove down the field, a uh, 20-yard touchdown pass. Then about a minute and 30 seconds to go, convert another onside kick, drive down the field, nine seconds to go. They get to the 18-yard line. Lawson Davidson scrambles for another touchdown, uh, hits the pylon, and the Cowboys get the win. This is bananas. Uh, LaBelle, am I correct, had not scored a point not this season? Not a single point, um, but SFC has historically struggled against LaBelle. And, you, you know, 
this this goes a long way for Lavelle, not just getting the win, but just you know showing that they can put points on the board and quickly and in dramatic fashion, and you know, good for them because that is incredible. Yeah, and SFCA is a good team. Um, it's a smaller team. It's a two A team. Lavelle's a I think four A five A public school, but. SFCA just jumped up into our rankings. Yes. They were four and one, and they they were ranked tenth for the first time, with the assumption that they, they would be five and one after Monday. I mean, that hurts, Alex. How much does that uh, hurt it, them? Kick it, them in the ego? It, it does. You got you kind of gave them a little bit of the rankings jinx there, according right, to yeah. uh, Coach Bill Moore. But yeah, this is a game that we expected them to win. Um, I, all of us expected them to win big. Um, when I talked to Bill Moore, you know, after their win over Marco Island, you know, last week or maybe two weeks ago, you know, mine's kind of getting fuzzy. He kind of said this is the first time that, you know, his guys are going out to LaBelle and he said it will might be an interesting matchup. And, you know, sure enough, his words came true. Uh, but it, this is going to hurt for a little while. You know, you have Newman coming up. you got to try and sustain momentum and not, you know, have the, you know, the PTSD from this game. you got to move on. As Ted Lasso says, you got to have a mind like a goldfish. You got to forget it, you know, immediately and just move on. That's right. All right. Before we get on to our next segment, two more shout outs. FBA beats a previously undefeated team, True North, whatever that is. I don't, still don't know if that's a, a real team or not. 47 to 7. They continue to just dominate people. CSN, they beat Canterbury 41 to 3. They also continue to dominate people. First Baptist and Community School are undefeated. Now, First Baptist has a, has a really good game this week coming up that we'll get into. But then in two weeks, they do play Community School. That's going to be a fun one. Golden Gate got its uh, fourth win, as did St. John Newman. Quickly, Dustin, any other games you want to shout out from Week 7 before we move on to Week 8? Yeah, uh, the game I was at Thursday, the Fort Myers-Cape Coral game. Not the Green Wave's uh, prettiest efforts, but they got it done. I said last week it was going to be kind of a trap game feel. Definitely was, and Cape Coral, credits to them. They played Fort Myers in the preseason, didn't look fantastic, uh, looked a lot better here. Uh, but the Green Wave got that win number 149 for Sam Sirianni, and uh, it's going to be interesting for yeah. them next week against I think, Baker. I think our boy Alex Martin is cooking up something, uh, looking at perhaps Sam Sirianni's potential 150. I am, yeah. It's uh, going to be a really exciting story uh, right now. If you're, you know, if you're familiar with journalism, it's looking like it's going to be a 45 to 50 inch story. You know, really special being able to connect with some of the coaches that Sammy's faced, including Vinky Waldrop and. Bill Kramer, who had some very nice things to say, and also, you know, talking with former Fort Myers running back Darian Felix, who was a part of oh, nice. uh, win number 100 against Cypress Lake back uh, six years ago in 2015. So, yeah, it's really exciting. You know, Sammy said, you know, he's going to want to move on from it after. That's at least what Carson Esposito said. He's going to want 151. He's going to want 152. Uh, but that coach and staff, four or five of those guys have been together for the entire ride, and that's one of the unique backstories to all of this. And when do you expect that story to publish? Should be Wednesday or Thursday, uh, depending on the timing. I'm thinking right. look, thinking it'll be Thursday. Look at the website. If it's not there, come back the next day. All right, guys. And come back after this break where we're going to talk about Week Eight's big district matchups. Come on back. Let's go. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com. And by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Come on! Hey, 
Hey everybody, welcome back in to the second segment where we talk about this week's games coming up. It is week eight. Week eight, I can't believe it. Only four more weeks of the regular season. All these games matter because they all count towards the playoffs, and they especially matter this week because we have some big district matchups. Our game of the week is not a district matchup, so I don't want to talk about it just yet. First, I want to ask you guys about Dunbar at North Fort Myers because we did not touch on North Fort Myers in the first segment. They had a uh, kind of surprising 9-3 win, quote-unquote, against Island Coast. I say quote-unquote because it was stopped in the third quarter. I believe it's official. Now, who's to say if they'd played the final, you know, 14, 15 minutes, maybe uh, North scores three more touchdowns and it looks like the blowout it should have been. But, Alex, does North Fort Myers have anything for Dunbar? Can, can they contain those Tigers like South did? It's, you know, a really tough question to answer because, you know, you see this North team, it seems like one game they're on, the next game they're off. But the one constant that I've seen against the good teams that they faced, um, you know, Charlotte, uh, in Lehigh, they, they've gotten gashed on the ground. You know, their run defense is very suspect. And you know, Dunbar loves to have that one-two punch with Barry White and Dean McCutcheon. And, you know, perhaps maybe Davion Palmer will scramble here and there. And maybe Landon Winterbottom will too. But um, I think North certainly has the athletes. It's just a bigger question if they can tackle in space against these Dunbar athletes out on the perimeter. Um, I think that's what the game's going to come down to. Andre Devine, Bo Somerset, Atavius Weaver are going to have to, you know, step up and make plays on the defensive side, you know, to keep this one close. And you know, Tanner Helton's got to make the right decisions. You know, the one thing that kind of gets lost in things is that this is going to be his first full game ever since coming back from that injury. And, you know, he's going to have his hands full with a loaded Dunbar front that their pass rush really was working on Saturday against South. Dustin, is there a chance that this is a letdown game off of that long weekend for Dunbar where they had the emotional win over South Fort Myers, uh, who's a very good team and a rival, even though that wasn't a district game, this one is. Any chance the Tigers maybe are looking past the Red Knights who might be a little down? It's a fair question to ask just because uh, Dunbar, all these games have come at home, um, all these tough games. It's just a question of whether North is up to the challenge. Uh, it's tough to say, especially after you know a 9-3 win against Island Coast. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. Uh, the the score that they had was a Andre Devine pick six. He's certainly coming on these these last few weeks, and he'll give uh, the Tigers some headaches. But I'm just not sure if uh, they're going to be up to it. The Tigers have have just been getting it done, and it's hard to question them at this point. If Dunbar can win this, they will have beaten Charlotte, Fort Myers, and North Fort Myers, all district opponents. All teams we thought could challenge them for the district title, and they would have two district games left against Baker, who they can beat, and Cape Coral, who they should beat. So this is a big test for Dunbar in terms that it uh, is a big step towards a district title, a game where a district title is not on the line. It's not even a regional matchup. It's just a good old-fashioned showdown of religious schools, one in Collier County, one in Lee County, First Baptist Academy at Bishop Verreaux. And we kind of circled this on the on the calendar before the season. We knew both the teams would be good. Now the FBA is just kicking the crap out of everybody, and Bishop Verreaux is coming off a loss. Dustin, you are covering this game, so what can we expect? What are we going to be looking for on Friday night when these two uh, parochial schools show down? Yeah, that's going to be very exciting to, to watch. I'm going to be the one covering it, and I'm looking forward to seeing these teams for the first time. And it's going to be the first time I've covered a Collier County team. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing Ty Keller and what he can do. Um, it looks like his running backs, Rich Million and Jordan John Luke, had a great game against True North last week. And then on the other side of the ball, Carter Smith, Chris Graves, uh, a lot of great players in this matchup. And 
it's hard to call which way it's going to go uh, because First Baptist, obviously, the record speaks for itself. But uh, we'll see what Burrow can give them. Yeah, First Baptist has played some good teams. They played that big Palmetto Ridge team who we saw just beat up on Gulf Coast. And they played the team from Massachusetts and a strong other team slipping my mind. But I don't know if they've seen the athletes the caliber of uh, Chris Graves. Now, Chris Graves is only one guy. There's uh, 10 other Vikings on the field. Is that going to be enough to slow down this First Baptist offense? I think so. Um, the one thing that you know I noticed in their win over True North on Friday night was that First Baptist was taking a lot of gambles in the secondary. Um, you know, they were, you know, putting their corners on islands and trusting them. And, you know, if they do that against Faro, I think that might come back and, you know, bite them. You can't leave Chris Graves one-on-one. You just can't. Um, but they certainly held them. You know, they bend. They, they did bend, but they didn't break. Um, but, you know, True North was moving the ball here and there. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, making for a good matchup. It'll be really fun to see Chris Graves, especially on the defensive side, go up against six foot three Olsen Pat Henry. You know, might be, might be six four, yeah. Out wide. It's gonna be one of those scrappy matchups where you know there's gonna be trash talking. Chris Graves loves backing up, you know, what he does with trash talking and it'll be a really fun matchup within the matchup. Yeah, I think that's gonna be the the best game of the night. So a game that may not be as good, but it is important. It's one that the old old school fans care about. Naples at Laley for the 48th annual Coconut Bowl. It is the fourth largest continually running rivalry in all of Florida. At least that's what Naples High tells us. I've not done that research myself. But it does date back to 1974 when Laley opened and they were holding classes inside of Naples High School. They were both practicing on the same field at different times. I believe the first Coconut Bowl was played on Thanksgiving Day, if not the day after or the day before. So this goes back a long time, the first ever in-town rivalry in Collier County. It is a district game. Naples is 2-0 in the district, but I talked before about Dunbar potentially in a letdown situation. Naples might be looking ahead to next week when they host South Fort Myers, who is also undefeated in the district. Alex, is there any chance Laley, who just scored zero points last week against a good Braden River team, has a... Not only can score enough points, but hold Naples to a few enough points to win. I feel I feel like we were in the same predicament last year. At least, I mean, I wasn't. But Laley held Naples to their lowest output total last year. It was sixteen to six down at Laley for the second straight year. It's down. It's back at Laley for contract reasons. Um, the Laley defense is really stingy, but you know, it's Naples has film of what Laley has done to you know, not score any points. Um, I think this is might be a little bit of a bigger margin than last year, but, you know, you got to give the Trojans somewhat of a chance here. I mean, they only held them to 16. They were really slow, and if Dustin McGill's back for this one, who hasn't played in this entire year, I think Laley's in for a little bit of trouble. Yeah, that's something to mention. Naples running for 300 yards a game without Dustin McGill, who had over 600 yards in, in uh, seven games last year, maybe eight games. So, uh, let's go back to Lee County, Dustin, a district matchup in that 5A district who is, was kind of wide open, but it looks like the two contenders, believe it or not, Estero at Cypress Lake. These two teams are undefeated in the district, 2-0. and Every other team in that district has one loss, so the winner here is going to have a big um, advantage towards that district title. And I got to think, uh, well, first off, tell me, just, I mean, are you surprised to see Estero um, kind of competing for a district championship this late in the season? Yeah, I mean, this this 5A district is uh has been a, a little wild and you know preseason coaches were saying it was going to be wide open and it's kind of lived up to that uh Estero, their game last week uh was 
a no contest. Uh, they were down 24-20 against Gateway Charter when that one was decided. Uh, Cypress Lake lost 31-14 to Cluiston. This is tough to call because they've both been kind of up and down all season. Um, but it's all on the line here. I think the reason why uh, Estero uh, opted out of continuing that game with Gateway Charter was to prepare for the district game and not have any distractions. Just think about that one game ahead. It's all going to be on the line in that one. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, this this 5A district just really feels like the ACC. You know, just a lot of inconsistencies. Um, who knows who's going to win this one? I mean, Cypress isn't necessarily a complete team yet, but they play really stout defense. Estero's got Kendrick Aganor and Jason DeCona, Matt Wilson, Caleb Roth, who all have made plays this season for the Wildcats. Also Kirk Talley. It should be one of those interesting games. It's just, you know, flip a coin either way, and perhaps you'll have the, the right winner in this one. So we have a ton of district matchups, and I told you how important those are. Fort Myers at Ida Baker. We kind of talked about Sam Sirianni going for his 150th win. Uh, that, that's not an easy easy win right there. You're at Baker, and it is a district matchup, and Fort Myers already has the one district loss. Look at Lehigh at Northport. Lehigh should win, but they have to win to set up that huge district title showdown with Palmetto Ridge the following week. Mariner at LaBelle. That's a, that's a district game. How about Gulf Coast at Venice? Remember, Gulf Coast is the um, only 8A team in our area, the biggest school in Southwest Florida. They go to Venice, who's ranked number one in Class 8A, the largest class, and uh, number one overall in the RPI in Florida. So tough draw for them. I'll just throw it out there, gentlemen, before we go to our next break. Any one of those you want to break down or think will be particularly fun or exciting? I think Fort Myers Baker could could be a real contest just because Fort Myers um, hasn't looked great. I expect them because they got that game against Cape Coral that was uh, not their best out of their system. They'll come ready for this one against Baker. But Baker has really come on in their last couple games, especially Caleb Staple. He is running the ball fantastically. Uh, Zach Malpica on uh, both offensive and defensive sides uh, never comes off the field. That's going to be uh, a game to circle. It's definitely one of those games where you, you wonder if the pressure of 150 might get to them. It's one of those situations where Fort Myers hasn't played their best ball, and Sam's admitted that. Um, and, you know, Baker's got athletes with with or without Sebastian Grafmeyer. You know, they got Jordan Rizzo, who's another, you know, one of those unsung heroes. Uh, Hans Fellian, who's one of the rising stars in Southwest Florida, hands down. Um, but the one thing that's going against the Bulldogs, they're one in seven all time against Sam Sirianni Jr., which, you know, could it be two and seven or is it going to be one and eight? We'll find out Friday. We will find out Friday. Now that you mentioned Friday, let me let me mention that those two teams that played on Saturday of this week, Dunbar and South, they both have to turn around and play on Thursday. So that could hurt them. Dunbar has the tougher matchup. They're at North Fort Myers. So that's going to be tough for them. South Fort Myers hosting East Lee. We assume they're going to win, stay unbeaten, and set up that huge district title showdown with Naples next week. So we're going to break down a few more games. We're going to make predictions. We're going to tell you who's going to win on the other side of this break. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. Here we go! (laughs) 
Hey, hey, we are back. It is the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast. It is your favorite time of the week, our picks segment, where we tell you who's going to win the best 10 games or the closest 10 games, we think, in Southwest Florida coming up for week eight. Gentlemen, we only get to do this four more times, I guess five, six, if you count the playoffs, but four more regular season weeks. And Dustin, the Birdman Levy, continues to soar over all of us. Dustin goes 7-2 and two last week. Alex goes 6-3. and three. Adam Fisher goes 6-3 and three as well. That means Dustin increases his lead to five games. Dustin has a season record of 47-18, and 18, while Alex is 42-33, and 33, and Adam is blah, 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 blah. not worth mentioning. No, I'm 39-26, and 26, which is absolutely terrible and embarrassing, and I hate myself. Dustin, why are you so good at this? Uh, who knows? <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, I just know my stuff. I, I do my research. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, you, you did the research? Oh, I, I've done tons of research. Um, you know, every second since I've come down to Florida, been studying game film. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do what I can. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see. Not a good answer there. That's all right. I mean, some, some geniuses just can't explain it. You know, that's why the best players make bad coaches. They can't explain why they're so good. They just are. And Dustin Levy is just really good at picking games, or at least much better than I am, and a little bit better than Alex. Let's start with Astero at Cypress Lake. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The winner of this is going to be the district champion, Alex. Who's it going to be in that 5A district 14, I should say? Uh, offense versus defense. So Astero's got the firepower and um, you know, Cypress Lake certainly has played stout defense this year. You know, I think they've really exceeded our expectations. But I'm going to take Astero here Ooh. on the road to p- beat Cypress Lake. I just think the Wildcats have too much firepower. I think Jason DeQuana is going to ha- make a big impact in this one. I'm going to take the alma mater. I was going to say, we joke about how people call us homers, even though, you know, I was born and raised a thousand miles away. Alex truly is a homer. He was born and raised in Estero, went to Estero High School, lives in Estero, although I also live in Estero. Um, but I'm not taking Estero. I'm an anti-homer. I am taking Cypress Lake. I think they've played the tougher schedule. Um, like I trust that defense like Alex talked about, and I think Estero's kind of played maybe above um, – how do I want to put this? I don't think maybe they're as good. as They've won some close games. Let's just say that. Where a couple plays here and there, their record could not be as good as it was. Dustin, what are you going to pick? I'm going to agree with Adam on this oh. one and go with Cypress Lake, uh, the home team in this one. Uh, both teams kind of come into this with question marks from their Week 7 game. Uh, Cypress Lake was giving up some big plays against Closeton, but that Closeton team is undefeated. And uh, obviously, Estera was trailing Gateway Charter when that game was called. It's going to be potentially tough, potentially tight, but I'm going to go with the Panthers. All right. Let's stay in that same district, 5-8-13. I believe I said 14 earlier. Sorry about that. Island Coast at Bonita Springs. These two teams have combined for two wins. So not the best teams, but I do think it will be a close game. I think Island Coast does have a chance to win its first game. The Gators are 0-5. Dustin, I'm going to make you go first here as the uh, leader in the clubhouse. Who are you taking and why? So now that LaBelle has gotten over their hurdle, gotten their first game, I'm going to say Gators are going to do it too. Uh, to limit North Fort Myers uh, to nine points, well, the only score came on defense. So I, I think that's uh, you know, a feather in their cap. Uh, Benita Springs going to be uh, tough for them. Uh, you know, they, they have that strong running game, but I'm going to go with the Gators on this one. How about you, Alex? Uh, Benita Springs changed their offense this year. So to our surprise, you know, they used to run a spread with uh, in the first couple of years of Rich Dombrowski. They've switched to this this wing T. 
coming off a game where they lost in overtime to Cyprus. I believe that was two weeks ago. Um, you know, they've had an extra week to prepare for this one. And I'm going to take Bonita Springs. I'm going to pick the Bull Sharks at home to take down the Gators. I just think they're just too banged up. Um, and, you know, they're playing a lot of guys both ways. And I think fatigue starts to set in here. I'm going to take the Bull Sharks. I agree. I'm taking Bonita Springs. Uh, they're 2-4, and four, but they're, two of their losses, uh, the past two, were by one possession, including in overtime to a good Cypress Lake team. So I also am going to take uh, the Bull Sharks. Let's go to Gateway at Canterbury. Gateway High School got its first ever varsity football victory last week um, by beating Marco. They are at Canterbury, a team that has been good in years past, um, but kind of stumbling a bit this year. Dustin, tell me about this game. I think I like the Eagles to keep it going with a win. Marion McElroy had an incredible game against Marco Island last week, throwing for more than 300 yards and four touchdowns and running for another. I think uh, they're going to have uh, their first win and their first winning streak after this game. Yeah, Canterbury has just been a strange season. Um, they were delayed, I believe, with the, with the COVID situation early. They beat Oasis 34 to nothing, and then they've lost – to two pretty good teams, Masters Academy and Community School. Uh, but we know they're talented. We know what they've done in the past. Uh, they can be a winning team. And um, However, I agree with Dustin. I'm going to take Gateway High to win their second straight game. I'm, go- I'm going to also take Gateway. I think the Gateway players are going to get familiar with two words Dustin said, and that's win streak. Colin O'Brien's guys are, you know, making strides every week, and you know it's really encouraging for them. And they seem to have found their quarterback for the future in Jamarian McElroy. Just a freshman, he's already over a thousand yards this year. Um, you know, great things to come for Gateway. I'm going to take the Eagles. Down in Collier County, we've got a, a small private school showdown: Evangelical Christian at St. John Newman Catholic High School. So the Christians versus the Catholics. Newman, one of those sneaky teams we haven't really talked about much, but they are 4-2. and two. However, they did lose a big game to a community school, so we all kind of looked past them. They did win last week to go 41 to nothing against Oasis. Evangelical Christian is 1-5. I think Newman wins here. I'm going to go ahead and pick them. They're 5-2, and two, and they're in that three or 2A region where, what, six out of the 10 teams make the playoffs? So I think the Celtics are on their way to the playoffs. I'm taking SJN. Alex, how about you? I'm also going to take the Catholics. I think Newman has too much firepower here for ECS, although I do think the Sentinels can keep it somewhat close. Um, I don't think it'll be enough. I'm also going to go with Newman here. Last week against Oasis, Dawson Jones and Connor Savanis both ran for uh, over 100 rushing yards. I think they're going to keep it going uh, with that ground game and get the win. Dustin, stay right there. Keep that mic on because I'm going to ask you about Lehigh and Northport. We talked about Lehigh earlier in the show. Northport, not great. I don't have their record right now. I bet Dustin does. But um, tell me if Lehigh is going to look past Northport and get upset here. I don't see that happening. Northport uh, is 2-5. and five. Yeah, I knew you'd have that record. <laughs> and has been struggling uh, this season. They're a Class uh, 7A team, but I think Lehigh is – you know, we talk about the offense. We talk about Richard. He's incredible. He's he's gonna probably have another 100 plus yard rushing game. But that defense has also really uh, risen to the the challenge here. Tyree Cunningham, um, a player uh, I, I forgot to mention last week for one of the best defensive players in Lee County, but he, he is having a, a great run here. Um, their their linebacker, fantastic, Alex. Hey, do you know off the top of your head, Richard Young, what's he got, like 1,005 yards, he, something a, like he's that? He's at 1,005, and, you know, he's averaging 200 a game. 
So so the question is, Jaden Booker is on bye this week at Palmetto Ridge. He has 1,217 or something. Can Richard regain the, the rushing lead by gaining, uh, what, 215 yards, something like that? I mean, he's got he's to play. Th- this is one of the games where I feel like if Lehigh's up big at halftime, right. he's not going to play um, in the second half. But I do think he has another 200-yard rushing game. You know, his streak of 100-plus yard rushing games is at seven right now. I think he gets to eight quite easily. You know, Lehigh is going to be too much to handle for Northport. But getting back to Tyree Cunningham, really quick. Against Charlotte, he had 24 tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, four quarterback pressures, and a field goal block just before halftime. And on (laughs) on the year, 77 tackles, 13 for loss, three sacks, four quarterback pressures, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and a field goal block. This is insane. Um, How did we not include him on our midseason awards list? Candidate for DPOI right there. It's all right. It's it's the last uh, awards of the season that matter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It'll definitely be in the conversation then. So I assume you're taking Lehigh, right? Without question, yes. And I also am taking Lehigh. Let's go down to Collier, the Coconut Bowl. The winner gets the very cool Joe Climus uh, Coconut Bowl trophy. RIP Joe Climus, great radio personality I had the pleasure of working with for a few years before he unfortunately passed away. I'm covering this game, and Naples, they're just too strong right now on both sides of the ball. Naples uh, has given up two touchdowns the entire season. One was last week, 17 points total. Lately, we've said all year that's their biggest uh, issue is offense, and they're kind of one-dimensional. They can throw a bit with Brian Bachman, but they're going to hand it off to Gershom Guerriere. You know the Naples defense knows about that, so I look for Naples to win big. Alex, how about you? I think Naples is just too strong right now. I think the numbers are really going to show themselves why they have more depth. I know Gershom Guerriere is a great back. You know, Naples will be keying in on him. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets close, somewhat close to 100 or, you know, somewhere in the vicinity. You know, very physical, very powerful back that might give Naples some problems early on. But one thing we've noticed about Naples, they are a second-half team. They know how to make adjustments, and they execute the second-half game plan almost seamlessly. So I'm going to take the Golden Eagles. How about you? Yeah, uh, no disagreement here. Uh, Naples is getting shutout after shutout after shutout this season, especially against the, the Collier County teams. Um, so they're they're going to feel good going into this one, and I like their chances. Let's stay in Collier County, another 6A-14 district matchup. Golden Gate, who is 4-2 at Baron Collier. Now Baron Collier coming off a loss to Champagnat Catholic. I believe they've now lost three straight. I don't have that in front of me, but Baron Collier did some things in the second half, looked some well. Or looks pretty good. Golden Gate 4-2, and two, but their wins have not come against winning programs. However, I think this is going to be closer than uh, we would have thought a few weeks ago. Alex, how, how do you see this one going? It's weird to see Baron Collier in this predicament because it's their worst start in seven years. Um, mm-hmm. When they went 1-5 and five to start the year in 2014, they went 2-4 and four the year prior. That's where they are right now. Um, you know, that defense, that secondary was gashed against Champignon. You know, I was watching some of the videos from our very own Azubi Charles, and, you know, the wide receivers for Champignon were just, you know, running by him, and they were kind of going 75, 100%, you know, 75, 80%. You know, just didn't feel like they were running that fast. Um, but I think Baron Collier, need, they know they need to get back in the win column. Um, I think Dylan McNamara, being a senior, he doesn't want to go out like this. Um, I think Baron Collier gets it done at home. And Dustin? I also like the the Cougars' chance to to get back on track here. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be picking Baron. 
Hey, shout out to my friend Mark Jackson, Baron Carter coach, who was not happy with some of our coverage last week. And Mark Jackson will always tell you when he is not happy, but I appreciate him for that. Mark, I'm picking your team. I think Baron Carter wins to get to three and four. Now, for these final three games, big showdowns. Let's bounce up to Lee County and stay there. Fort Myers at Ida Baker. We talked about both sides. Alex, I believe you will be there. Is that right? Yes, I will be. And who's going to win? Uh, it, it's just hard to see Sam Sirianni come short of 150. It just seems like that they execute in the big moments. And, you know, when they need to get a win, they will. However, you know, this Ida Baker team is loaded. It feels like, you know, they have a lot of different options when it comes to, you know, rushing and receiving. And, you know, they got capable tacklers on the defensive side. Um, But one thing, probably a useless nugget, but Sam Sirianni did get win number 600 for the Fort Myers program 11 years ago out in Cape Coral. I think, you know, the tradition of... (laughs) or not a tradition, but, you know, having another milestone out in Cape Coral will come to fruition Friday night. I'm going to take the Greenies, although I think this is a one-score game. I agree. I also think it'll be close, and I think Fort Myers will win, although I wouldn't be surprised to see Baker do it. Dustin, you're taking those Bulldogs, aren't you? I think the Bulldogs are going to be a real handful, but I don't think a coach Mm. gets 149 wins uh, without uh, knowing how to solve some tough problems. Uh, I think Fort Myers got that, that... Letdown game out of the way against Cape Coral, and they're going to be ready to go, and they're going to win this game. So tell me about the game I believe you are covering, Dunbar at North Fort Myers. Are you going to be out there? Is that going to be Mr. Martin as well? I have been switched to that game. Dang. Alex gets around, but I still want Dustin to pick this one first because I think it's a sneaky tough one. As I said at the top of the show, maybe Dunbar looks past North Fort Myers. Maybe they're tired from playing, what, four or five days ago? Um, who you got, Dunbar or North Fort Myers? Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough, tough one, especially you know North, especially after last year. They're they're not going to want to kind of lie down for Dunbar. I think the Tigers win this. I think North can give them a challenge, but I think Tanner Helton, being a young quarterback, that that Dunbar defense uh, could have a, a really nice day yet again. What do you say, Alex? Um, the one nugget that is uh, worth noting here, Dunbar is 7-7 seven and seven on the road since 2018. You know, for that'd be the senior class. It's one of those games where y- you could see it going either way. Um, I think Dunbar's ability to tackle in space this season and their success doing that, um, you know, will be a big help here when it comes to stopping, you know, Andre Devine and um, Santino Arroyo and Otavius Weaver if he's at tight end or wide receiver. Um, even both Somerset. Uh, but I'm going to take Dunbar in a, a closer-than-expected Thursday night game. North Fort Myers gave Lehigh all it could handle in Week 1. I think they will give Dunbar all it can handle here. Agreed. I have nothing to add. I'm taking Dunbar. Game of the week. First Baptist at Bishop Rowe. Dustin, you are at this one. Is that right? I've asked you that six times. This has to be the answer. Yes, I. <laughs> you have that right. All right. Is this going to be a shootout or is it going to be a defensive struggle or neither? I think it's going to be a shootout. I think uh, both these offenses uh, all season ha- have put up some big numbers. Uh, but I like the Vikings to hand First Baptist their first loss of the season. I think uh, Chris Graves is the caliber of player that – uh, maybe they haven't seen yet. And Carter Smith, as a freshman quarterback, he's, he's been having a great season. So I like Varro on this one. And Alex? Um, being at home really helps here. And, you know, this is going to be a huge game. It's one of those private school battles where, you know, schools may not like each other. And, you know, the students know that. 
the student section in that that far end zone is going to be pretty packed. I, I think you know it's their first home game in a little while after having those four home games to start the season, which is kind of crazy. Um, but I do think Chris Graves is the X factor here. He always rises in the big moments. First Baptist hasn't seen really anything close to a four-star prospect. Um, I think Vero gets it done at home here and denies FBA of an undefeated regular season. Loyal listeners of the show know that uh, many years ago I spoke about FBA way too often. I like the program. I like what they do down there. I like watching them because they, they have a very fun offense. And I am FBA through and through. I am taking the Lions, and I think they're going to win convincingly. I was so impressed with them last week, even though they played a team that no one's ever heard of and may have been made up in true north. They ran for 300 yards after Ty Keller had been throwing for 300 yards. They can do it anyway. Their defense is nasty. They kept Palmetto Ridge to seven points. Palmetto Ridge then scores 43 against 8A school Gulf Coast. I think this FBA team might be the best they've ever had. Definitely have the prospects they've never had. So I am taking the Lions to stay undefeated. Coincidentally, this is the number five and six teams in our poll. FBA number five, Bishop Burrow number six, so it's a fun little little battle there. So that is it, guys. I think three games we disagreed on. Keep uh, track on those at naplesnews.com slash sports, news-press.com slash sports. That's a mouthful. On Friday nights, we've got the live scoreboard and everything else after the game. Gentlemen, anything else you want to add for week eight? Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading Alex's story about uh, Sam Sirianni and a potential milestone that will come up this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, it should that should be a good game to you know be out and cover. You know, it'd be very cool to see the players' reaction. You know, if they douse him with Gatorade. You know, Carson Esposito certainly knows about the uh, the situation. He's hoping to take a a knee in victory formation come Friday night to be the last snap of the game. Um, but we'll see. I think Baker's going to give them all they got. And you can find out if he wins that game as it happens by going to news-press.com slash sports on Friday night for our live scoreboard. Until next week, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games. One, two, three.